This is the 77th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze this past week. It was 22 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now let's get into it. Here's the headline. Fox News. Yes, Trump got indicted again. But what about Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden? Looks like the fourth indictment is coming down the pike for Donald Trump. We know what they're after. All they want is orange man wearing orange. It's only illegal to object to elections in third world Marxist hellholes like Zimbabwe and now Washington, D.C., New York, and Atlanta. But Democrats are doing this now, driven by Joe Biden. It really seems like you've mm-hmm. had a weaponized government go after individuals over ideology. You know, on, on my podcast, I give bananas every day. I was up to two bananas, sort of banana republic. I'm now up to three, maybe even four after this indictment. You just talked to Paul Manafort. He was a political prisoner. Mike Flynn was a political prisoner. Roger Stone was a political prisoner. One after another after another, and now they want Donald Trump to be a political prisoner. The issue is not whether he wanted to overthrow it, but did he believe that he won? If he believed that he won, pursuing all these avenues are okay for him because in themselves they are not illegal. If you say, look, I need to find 11,000 votes, that's very different from saying, I need you to find me 11,000 votes. Who predicted this? Chuck Schumer. Remember he said, yep. don't mess with the oh, intel agencies. Oh, you are so right. Don't mess with the intel agencies. They'll keep, they'll arrest your team and keep it off the field. But you, but- America I grew up in was a place where we don't put our political opponents in prison. Trump got the most amount of Republican votes for any presidential candidate in history. So what comes next for Trump? And why is he being charged like a mafia kingpin? One of the greatest constitutions ever written in the world was the Soviet Constitution written by Joseph Stalin. It meant nothing. It was a genocidal dictatorship. To destroy the constitutional construct, to embrace these nut Marxists in their party. In fact, some of the the more brilliant communists said, in a country like the United States or in the Western countries, you're not going to have the proletariat rising up. You're not going to have the middle class rising up. It's got to be top down. So if you listen to the bonus podcast from last week, what I did is I took, it was about 19 minutes worth of um, clips. And I just reduced it down to two minutes. And then in, that one was a chronological overview of the entire 24-hour period from Monday evening into Tuesday evening. Select shows, of course. Um, this, I'm going to kind of narrowly focus on a few aspects of that coverage and go a little bit deeper into it. It definitely dominated the week last week, but it was a weird week. So late Monday night, former President Donald J. Trump faced his fourth criminal indictment over his attempts to overturn a free and fair election in the state of Georgia. Fox News hosts were instantly filled with a combination of outrage and disgust, mixed with resentment towards a complicit media and corrupt Democrats. Fox News hosts cranked up the hyperbole to apocalyptic levels. This wasn't just a president facing criminal charges. It was the end of democracy and the American way of life. Mark Levin, never one to handle things calmly, evoked Stalin, Marxism, and a genocidal authoritarian regime. This was the start of a revolution, a bloodless coup, and the destruction of Western civilization. Fox anchors reacted the same way last week as they had in the first three criminal indictments Trump now faces. The stark difference was this time that all of their vigor and enthusiasm for the former president completely diminished by midweek. The network pivoted dramatically to any story that did not involve the former president. It was as if a switch was flipped deep within the control room of Fox headquarters. By Thursday, segments about Hunter Biden dominated Hannity, while the cast of The Five seemed determined to prove that climate change played no role whatsoever in the devastating wildfires in Maui. On Fox and Friends, they lavished presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy with praise while shuffling through their usual panic stories about runaway crime and chaos at the southern border. Fox also heavily promoted rich man north of Richmond, 
a somewhat half-baked bluegrass song with crude lyrics and simple instrumentation that was supposed to be the new blue-collar anthem. Anyone exclusively watching Fox News would have missed out on new developments in the Ukraine war, various global climate disasters, and an illegal police raid of a small local newspaper. So the shows I covered last week were Fox and Friends, The Five, Hannity, and then on Monday and Tuesday, I added special report by Brett Baer, The Ingram Angle, Jesse Waters Primetime. So it was intense, and on Monday, Hannity was two hours long. I'm not kidding, that was crazy. So I made a little graph, and this is for the newsletter, and if you're new to the podcast, the newsletter is a written version of the podcast. Some people consume both. Some people only consume the newsletter. Some people only consume the podcast. So let me describe that graph for you. It shows I picked, I messed around with this a few different ways, and I ended up going with just two topics, Hunter Biden and the Trump indictment. So on Monday, starts off with 11% of airtime on Hannity was dedicated to Hunter. 85% was dedicated to the Trump indictment. Okay, that makes sense because it happened on Monday. By Tuesday, uh, Hunter got 11% and Trump indictment got 28%. Okay, Wednesday, Hunter Biden got 10%. Trump was reduced to 14%. And this is where it gets shocking. On Thursday, Hunter Biden shot up to 54%, over half, and Trump wasn't mentioned. At least the indictment was not mentioned. On Friday, Hunter remained at 32%, which is about a a third of all the airtime. And again, the Trump indictment went down to zero. I'm not kidding. That's how dramatic it was. It went from, this is the biggest story in the world, to what? Who got indicted? So I'm seven minutes into this podcast. I haven't given out a shout to my sponsor yet, and I should. It's just really funny, too, because I listen to other podcasts, and some of them actually open with a commercial, which is bold. I get it. I totally get it. And Pod Save America, they have commercial after commercial after commercial. I love them. I love that. I love that podcast. I'm a big fan. Friend of the pod for years. Years. I have, like, this old shirt that's, like, falling apart that says Friend of the Pod on it. They don't even make it anymore. Um... But anyway, lots of commercials. I don't have, I have one commercial that I'm going to stick in here right now. And that's, this project is sponsored by my listeners and readers of my newsletter. That's it. I am 100% listener and reader supported. If you would like to become a supporter of Decoding Fox News, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News. Go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Um, I don't have a lot of exclusive material because I work myself into the ground every single week. I'm openly admitting this, but I try to give a little bit of extras to the people who help pay for this. Um, I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to hopefully get better at that. I'm going to a conference next week. Hopefully we'll learn some new tricks and how to maybe make this happen a little bit more efficiently. Who knows? Um, But that's it. So thank you if you are a paid subscriber. You can also become a free subscriber. That always helps because you can share the podcast, share the newsletter with friends. If you can't do anything else, that helps tremendously. So that's about it. Just wanted to get that out there. Now we're moving on, but her emails are the real scandal. So I went through all of that craziness that I did for the bonus podcast. And this time I narrowed in just on Hillary Clinton. So, of course, no Trump legal scandal can be complete on Fox News without an exhaustive rehashing of Hillary Clinton's emails. On the night of the indictment was announced, while a guest on Hannity, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich decided to focus his energy on various Democrats. And I find this one very humorous, as I find a lot of this humorous. Barack Obama, who corrupts the Justice Department, it is Hillary Clinton who routinely breaks the law and gets away with it. And now we have Joe Biden who's learned. He's learned from Obama that doesn't matter what you do, if you're a liberal Democrat, you will not be prosecuted. He learned from Hillary that a person in high public office can get millions and millions of dollars. Now, that one I personally found very funny because if you're evoking Barack Obama and talking about crimes, I'm a little confused on what you're talking about. (laughs) You could criticize Barack Obama for plenty of things, of course. Anybody who's a president can be criticized for a number of things. But crimes, I'm a little confused on. I'm a little confused on that because I'm like, uh, what what did he do? I'm, I'm racking my brain. I can't, I don't remember. 
I don't remember. He wore a tan suit. His wife once wore a sleeveless dress, but I, you've, you've lost me on this new Gingrich. He's corrupted the Justice Department. That's all he said. Now, the next person is Greg Jarrett, one of the kind of legal experts on Fox News. I mean, this is the same person who got away with clear crimes in her email scandal and also the same person that got rich off of her foundation uh, by Russian payments. And this is the same person who invented the Russia collusion hoax, yep. funded the phony dossier and had her minions uh, give, uh, you know, phony evidence to the FBI to try to drive Trump from office. I mean, her hypocrisy is pretty rich. Now, to give a little bit of a background, this was Tuesday morning on Fox and Friends, and this it had been revealed that Hillary Clinton was on the Rachel Maddow show, and during her appearance, she laughed about this at one point. She also expressed concern. And, of course, on Fox News, that would throw them into a tizzy of rage. I also want to point out that a lot of what he just said was inaccurate about Hillary Clinton. She's not the only person who paid for the dossier. The um, investigation into Trump was due to George Papadopoulos uh, bragging about all kinds of crazy stuff while drunk at a bar to an Australian diplomat. But they always leave that out. We got to listen to Fox Fiction over here. Hillary, Rachel Maddow says to Hillary Clinton, you know, we have to learn to accept elections. You can't just push back every time you don't like an election the way it goes. Does she even, is she that oblivious? She doesn't know who she was talking to? A woman that says everybody knows that Donald Trump was, a, was an illegitimately elected. He lost the election. A bleach bet. A hammer. Accused of challenging election results, something Democrats have been doing since Al Gore tried to reverse the 2000 election in Florida. Mar you know things are getting weird when they evoke Al Gore. And if you were alive during that election, uh, George W. Bush versus Gore, it was completely nuts to act as if it was Al Gore trying to steal the election from George W. Bush's bonkers. Again, that was another great example of a Democrat winning the popular vote and losing out on electoral votes, which was enraging to many Americans, including myself. Um, I was a y much, much younger person back then, but of course, yeah, oh, g goodness, goodness. Fox is hilarious. They, it's again, it's like Fox fiction. It's their own form of reality. America today, if you are a prominent Democrat, last name's Clinton or Biden, it's totally okay to deny election results. You can even use Russian disinformation to do it. No problem at all. Uh, you know, it's, it's really incredible to see this stuff happen. And by the way, those clips you played of Hillary Clinton Wow. Let us never forget all of those. And she led into that uh, interview with Rachel Maddow, by the way, laughing. Hey, Laura Trump, how many times do we want to bring up uh, the lock her up chant at your father-in-law's rallies? Just saying, if you're going to act all outraged and clutch your pearls, clutch them. Oh, she laughed at us. She laughed. She's actually from the South, but she doesn't sound it. Anyway, Mark Levin, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Levin. Don't tell me that this is the party protecting documents and emails and texts when it's the party of Hillary Clinton that destroyed 30,000 of them and was never charged with obstruction. And Bill Clinton is still free to roam the countryside when he had classified, classified information in his sock drawers. I'll do my best to give what I know of the context of the Bill Clinton socks drawer scandal. Apparently, he was working on a book or somebody was working on a book with him. They did a bunch of interviews with him, and the interviews were taped. Uh, Clinton kept the tapes in his sock drawer, and it was considered classified or somewhat classified information. And some conservatives found out about it, and they're like, we demand those tapes. And he, Clinton actually sued to keep them because apparently it had a lot of personal information on it because it was about a book, um, I believe, about him could be wrong on that but I know it was about a book pretty sure it was about him and they Clinton won in court and the court said yeah you can keep that because it wasn't highly classified top secret documents that were meant for like you know U.S. defense or foreign policy so next section lock them up Joe and Hunter Biden Fox News hosts were more than happy to focus on their second favorite topic since the 2016 election the many unproven and unverified nefarious plots and crimes of Hunter Biden. So on Tuesday, while sitting in on the five, Charlie Hurt of the Washington Times 
got extremely creative. And I definitely wanted to isolate this one because this was just jaw-dropping. You could, you could go into my county in southern Virginia and you could line up a, uh, a grand jury that would, uh, could, you, somebody who overdosed on fentanyl that Joe Biden allowed into the border, somebody who was murdered by an illegal alien that Joe Biden waved into the country, and you could come up with charges of accessory to murder for President Biden, and you could charge him. So, Charlie Hurd, I'm, I'm failing to see the equivalency there with the various crimes that Trump has been accused of, including all of the shenanigans in Georgia with the uh, 18 other co-conspirators and the RICO charge that they're facing, with trying to blame the president, Joe Biden, for an individual fentanyl death. But okay, you go there. I don't even know, I, I mean, that's just nutty. So next we're moving on to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Under this and that we have real evidence that the Biden family made tens of millions of dollars from corrupt business deals with wire transfers from country after country into fake LLCs, paying out Biden family members. And we're working very hard to link this directly with proof to Joe Biden. See, it's very comical. Uh, we're working really hard. We're working really hard to prove it, even though we can't prove it yet. We don't actually have any evidence, but we have documents that are probably Russian propaganda, and we have whistleblowers. Oh, by the way, just found this one out uh, last night. Gary Shapley, one of the whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblowers, was, is angry that he didn't get a promotion, and he blames David Weiss. Well, that could be a motivator. So anyway, um, I also want to point this out because this is going to get brought up a lot. And when I hear something that I know is going to be like a hook that they're going to use, I want to try to debunk that. Now, um, I'm glad that I'm going over this again with more detail instead of just doing the broad sweep, which I did in the bonus podcast, because I found some stuff. So uh, Glenn Kessler over at Washington Post, and people evoke his name to me all the time because I do similar work. Now, I have to watch a copious amounts of Fox News. I don't think he does. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Um, he gets to do far more in-depth, kind of detailed, really amazing um, fact-checking. And one of the things he did, and I, I was so impressed by this, I have a link to it in the newsletter, is they, they're going to use the term, she just did, fake LLCs or shell companies, as if that's something nefarious. Now, fake LLCs, what does that even mean? Because what is an LLC? It's a limited liability company. People form them for all sorts of reasons. Now, Glenn Kessler over at Washington Post went through every single shell company that was involved in what the um, oversight committee has found so far. And he proved with exhaustive detail that these were all actual legitimate companies that were part of this whole network of Rosemont Seneca. And there's many kind of, it's, it's too complicated to explain in the podcast, but there's all these sort of spinoff companies that are part of it. And some of it Hunter was Biden was involved in a lot of it. Devin Archer was, um, that's a whole other conversation, but these were legitimate companies that were part of this whole network. That's very normal. It's not unusual. So for my audio listeners, the name of that article is How Republicans Overhype the Findings of Their Hunter Biden Probe, Washington Post. Highly recommend it. Goes into great detail. I'm glad I went over some of this stuff again because I found more stuff. And instead of just like, oh, ha, ha, look at them freaking out. I'm like, ooh, we got dirt. So this last quote is just, um, Hannity being Hannity. Biden. President Biden, he's not been charged with any crimes. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. In fact, as far as we know, he's not even under investigation. And again, in the mythical world of reality in Fox News, if one took this, all this information at face value and didn't bother to do any research on their own, didn't bother to read another news source, you would think they have all this dirt on a President Biden and Hunter Biden. And they really don't. They just really don't. It's a lot of this and that and this and that. And the Devin Archer uh, testimony did not actually support them in, in many ways. Um, it actually kind of hurt their case against him. But anyway, moving on, this next round of clips 
I focused on a pattern that I saw and I didn't see it until I was completely done with the indictment and had that crazy Twitter thread and then did the bonus podcast. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to just isolate these tiny sections and put them together. And what you're going to hear is a pattern and it's a pattern by guests and hosts of Fox News. This is propaganda at its finest. You're going to hear the same repetition or slight variation of it over and over again. And I wonder how is this coordinated? Because this is this is how right-wing media operates. And they they constantly criticize other media for doing this, but they do it all the time. And I'm just going to play it and you're going to hear exactly what I'm talking about who may not even support Trump in the primary or in the election at all are stopping and they're taking inventory of all of this and they're they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute, we remember what happened with the FBI and DOJ with parents who spoke up at school board meetings. We remembered what happened with and is ongoing with ATF and uh, federal firearms licensees and all of these other innocent individuals. They go over this catalog of situations in their mind, Pete, where it really seems like you've mm -hmm. had a weaponized government go after individuals over ideology. And parents at school board meetings, Catholics at uh, at pro-life co uh, conferences, they're starting to see the infiltration of what is the abuse of Donald Trump's constitutional rights. And I think, as a result, that's why he's getting stronger, not weaker, with these charges. The American people need to understand how this applies to their lives, not just Donald Trump, who some people see as a billionaire, some people see as a man that they hate. The American people need to understand how this banana republic, how these charges, this weaponization is going to impact them, their daily life. Also, Catholics who have had their parishes infiltrated. It's also pro-life demonstrators who've had SWAT teams sent to their doors. It's also those who have protested peacefully, who've had the FBI show up and knock at their doors. It's parents who've gone to school board meetings and now been labeled domestic terrorists. If you challenge them on this stuff, if you challenge them on these policies they hold dear, they will come after you. While they're doing this to Trump right now, if it works, they will come for his supporters next. It's an attack on the people. Censorship, destroying free speech, destroying the right to protest, ask the pro-lifers, attacking faith, ask the Catholics. This is a revolution. People better wake the hell up. Every revolution doesn't have to be violent. What they're doing to Donald Trump, they're doing to America, they're doing to the American people. And I don't know if we're going to claw our way out of it, but enough of our fellow citizens better understand that this is about them and their liberty. Now, I should say very quickly before we move on, that was Dana Loesch, Paul Manafort, um, Tommy Lahren, Josh Hawley, Pete Hegseth, and Mark Levin. Those are the voices in that order. And I just, what I've liked doing about this, kind of reviewing the, the full span of all the coverage that I did, was that when I stuck those clips together, I think it was far more eerie how similar what they were saying was. You could really hear the creepiness of the repetition in the propaganda. Because it was never students, uh, it was never like parents at a PTA meeting. It's always parents at a school board meeting. It's always the Catholics, the poor Catholics, never Christians. It's pro-life protesters, always repeated. Language like, if they come for Trump, they will come for you. He is just, it's not... It's the ideology. It's the belief in MAGA. They will come for you. If they come for him, they will come for you. This repetition over and over again. And I'm wondering to myself, so Paul Manafort came up with that on his own, that exact language that happened to sound a lot like Dana Loesch. Dana Loesch just stuck the ATF thing in there because she used to be with the NRA, so that makes sense for her. She's the only holdout with the ATF stuff. But you, I just wonder... Like, how is that happening? I can see how you could manipulate a host, someone who actually works at Fox. A lot of their regular guests are actual Fox contributors and they're paid a salary. And they go on there all the time. That's where you'll see them pretty much every day. Um, somebody like Joe Concha is a Fox contributor. And you'll see that under his name. So he's paid an actual salary. So he's like basically on call and he's on the network constantly. When I went on MSNBC, I was not paid. You're usually not paid for anything like that. And I wonder because when I, I've, I've only appeared on cable news once and it may be the only time. It's all good. I don't worry about it. But um, they did give me like notes ahead of time. Like we'll probably talk about this. So be prepared to talk about this. 
and it was a few things. And then when I was there, we didn't really talk about that. <laughs> Luckily, I was quick on my feet, but we sort of did, but we sort of didn't. Now, this next section, we're moving on from the indictment. This is sort of the rest of the week on Fox. It was very strange. And like, as I described with that graph, there was this abrupt shift and it just gets weirder and weirder as the week goes on. So on Thursday on the five, the four conservative hosts, this is odd, this is even hard to explain, decided that the wildfires in Maui were caused by a misguided concern for climate change. Their basic argument was that the various government agencies and a public utility all failed to properly prepare for and then battle the wildfires because they'd invested in too much green energy. Now, does that make sense to anyone listening to me? It does not. <laughs> this seemed like next level gaslighting of the network. I also want to point out, and this is why I didn't include a lot of these clips because I found them very, very dark. I don't mean to laugh. I'm laughing at how stupid their argument was, but this was a really difficult section for me to follow on Fox and I clipped like six clips from it but I found it incredibly poor taste uh since the wildfires in Hawaii happened like I also watch PBS of course when PBS goes to Hawaii they talk about the devastation they talk to people they go in depth of like what are you doing how are you feeding yourself what do you you know what can people do all of that they go into the human side of the story. And they, they have talked to government officials and, and whatnot, but it's more emotional. It's more, like, heart-wrenching. Fox News, again, decided to argue against concern about climate change. Like, basically, oh, climate change is no big deal. We shouldn't even focus on that, basically. And then they've spent the rest of their time arguing that Biden didn't react in the way they thought he should to the wildfires. And that's it. They have had a few sections where they said, oh, you know, donate to the Red Cross or donate to this charity that's down in Maui. But that's it. And I found it very hard to sit through these sections because I thought it was incredibly poor taste that they're just using it as a weapon. Now, this I just reduced all of this down to two clips. The first one is Charlie Hurt. This just sums up probably what we're going to hear um, for years, even as the climate uh, these climate catastrophes, unfortunately, get worse and worse and worse. So I, I find that very disingenuous. But to listen to John Podesta sit there in the White House oh, yeah. and exploit this more shamelessly than Democrats exploit uh, school shootings to push their creepy gun agenda. It's and it's and, and they, don't, they they never get called on it. They're not apologizing for it. And I don't think it's going to quit because it works. Judge, you are. So this is their latest version of how dare you bring up gun control right after a mass shooting. This is now how dare you bring up climate change when a climate-related disaster happens. They, they're shameless. They don't care. There have been wildfires all over the Mediterranean. There is currently a wildfire threatening Yellowknife, Canada. The entire town had to be evacuated. Um, that is raging across northwestern Canada. I believe it's northwest Canada. It, this is, I mean, this is not just limited to strange weather. This is a global problem. You have massive flooding all over the world. Uh, too much rain, not enough rain. You've got too much heat. Um, entire weather patterns are getting screwed up, but they just want to just blindly ignore it. And how dare you? How dare you bring up climate change? Well, I'm, we're going to. Now, this next clip is Jessica Tarlov kind of talking some sense into this nonsense. And she, she again is the liberal on the five. Incredibly different than a normal liberal bastion that you would be talking about. Her Hawaii is literally paradise, right? This is a well-managed state where people are happy there. It's like the Denmark of America, right? People who are indigenous to being there, people who travel there. It's a wonderful place that is typically well-managed. And I don't think that it's part of the liberal agenda to let an electric company off the hook we hate big business too, right? So we're not like predisposed to love Hawaiian electric or whatever it was called. And obviously there was a mismanagement of the problem, but that did collide with drought conditions. The soil wasn't just dry, it was drier than normal. And then Hurricane Dora was stronger than normal. Those winds that picked up 
the electrical short-circuiting is what made it a disaster of this proportion. And that's why Lahaina is gone, which is a complete travesty but there. There seems to be, or at least the vibe that I'm getting from the table, that there's a refusal, and you said, I'm not saying that climate change isn't real, but it is an important piece of this puzzle. I mean, we had these record heat waves, and the leaders of Republican states in the last month have all been on TV talking about it, the precautions they have to take, that they're making sure that there's water available to people. Like, it's real. Well, that's and adaptation. That, that's but adaptation. Also, I, but also, I, I don't think that people are suggesting that this was intentional. It's that, right. that you get blinded by this ideology like the green agenda in the power companies, and then you don't take care of the important business that ends up causing mm -hmm. catastrophe. I mean, I mean that's pretty I, obvious. But I don't think anyone is disagreeing with that. It's just the point that these things can coexist, that there is a climate change problem, and there was a mismanagement of this problem that has led to a complete tragedy. So I didn't include this clip because of time, and I just wanted to kind of quickly go over that one. But Charlie Heard at one point said that the power companies, it was their fault, the utility company, because... It didn't take care of the vegetation well enough underneath its power lines. And this power lines would, I would presumably snake all over the island. So that would be like all of this proper private property. Because let's say the power line, let's say it was 20 feet up. So 20 feet on either side, if it tipped over, you'd have to make sure all of that vegetation was nice and watered and trimmed. And that seems completely unreasonable and insane. But okay, make stuff up, Charlie Hurt. See, I mean, it's just, this is what they do. They just keep moving the goalposts. They make up a reality. They won't admit ever that maybe climate change is actually, actually happening, even though there's overwhelming evidence for it. So now we're going to move on to some really weird stuff. And that, that a country song, the Richmond, uh, north of Richmond, which personally, as somebody who studied music, it just sounds like a very kind of garbage song the chords are terrible it's very rudimentary the lyrics are clumsy at best crude um for whatever reason this is picked up among the the right and maga and conservatives and it's been championed as this great gorgeous song I, i'm not going to play it it's not worth playing but i'm going to play fox news sort of reacting to this now to, to say this was one of the top five stories last week i cannot believe it they had two segments about it on Hannity, two on The Five. They included it this morning, which I'm not covering. Um, they included it twice in the same hour. It was over a third of the coverage of Fox & Friends this morning. Still this week. So here's the segment. And real quickly, because I haven't done a silly voice this week, I'm just going to do my country voice. Now, again, before anybody gets offended, I am from Missouri, or some people would say Missouri if you're from the southern part of the state. So, shut up. Okay, here we go. Here's the segment. It's the blue-collar anthem that's sending a shiver down the spine of millions. Virginia-based musician Oliver Anthony going from a complete unknown country singer to racking up, get this, millions of hits and surging to number one on the iTunes charts. But they wonder why they've lost rural America. I mean, you look at the Electoral College map, and on, you know, when Hammer shows you the map on election night and it's red across America, this is one of the reasons why, because people like Oliver Anthony get dismissed. So this is the only time I'm interrupting that clip. Um, Dana Perino, you're not a young person. You have to know about the Southern strategy. <laughs> Come on, Dana Perino. The Southern strategy is why that South is red for the most part, except for Georgia. We love you, Georgia. We love you, Georgia. Anyway, who knows how long that'll be blue. It's sort of blue. It's kind of bluish. It's purple. It's blue in the Senate. Anyway. Though, is that the left is so outraged by this. It's like everything is affected by politics and tribalism today, whether it is, you know, music or whether it's uh, sports or whatever. You know what? If you want to work hard and just pay your bills, raise your kids according to your values, well, too bad. The Biden administration is also going to force you to pay off the student loan debt of college graduates who decided that they didn't want to pay their own debt anymore. It's also going to force you to buy an electric vehicle. It's going to restrict your use of the gas stove. You want to send your kids to a good school? Well, too bad. They're going to get their heads filled with nonsense about sex and gender that no one believed until two seconds ago. You want to live according to your faith? You want to be a practicing Christian? Too bad. You're going to be forced to bake a cake. You're going to be Son. restricted from fostering or adopting. I mean, the, there are so many. Me... That voice is Kaylee McGee White. Um, she's from the Washington Examiner. I just found that humorous because she went a lot of places with that. 
They may force you to bake a cake. They may force you to bake a cake. Oh my, force you to bake a cake. Just, I'm sorry, but that's just, they're going to restrict your gas stoves and they're going to take your washer and your dryer and they're going to say, these are using too much energy. You better get rid of those light bulbs, sister. Sorry. Okay, we're, we're moving on. Let, let me song, the ballad of Bidenomics, mm -hmm. because so many people in the nation are feeling what he is singing about. Yeah. Conservatives are calling it the working class anthem. And the lyrics are so not only powerful, but very clever when he talks about the rich men north of Richmond. And then he talks about, I wish politicians looked out for miners, meaning the coal miners, and not just minors right. on an island, talking about Jeffrey Epstein and his illicit activities involving minors. Yes, this brilliant songsmith uh, rhymed minors with minors, two different spellings. Two different meanings, same sound. So does that count as any? Because you'd have to see it written to get what he's saying. If you just hear it, you're just confused. Mmm. I don't, I don't, that's garbage. And then she tries to hit it with minor, my, but that's not how it's pronounced, Earnhardt, and you know it. But good, good try with that one. Is part of the blue collar ballad that is uniting people worldwide even as the media tries to use it to divide. Richmond, north of Richmond, is the name of the song, and it has defied gravity. Next, full reaction to the country music sensation. Driving liberals crazy, they just can't seem to have a good time. And I think I included that last clip of Tammy Bruce just because she's one of my favorites on Fox, just for her voice alone. And the fact that Tammy Bruce is always like, you know what, everything's going to hell the economy is terrible. People are starving and freezing in their homes. And we're all going to die if Joe Biden remains president for one more week. My fave, Tammy Bruce pretty much only appears as a sub host on Hannity and then an occasional guest. But she's got that very distinctive voice that if she's not from the Midwest, I don't know what's what's up with this world. Because to me, it's very nasal. It's very in the mask. And it's very harsh. And I'm thinking, come on, where are you from, lady? Michigan? Minnesota? You've got to be from Chicago. If you said Chicago, I wouldn't be shocked. But Tammy Bruce once said, and I'm not kidding, she literally said, these Democrats, these liberals are so dramatic. So dramatic. Just like that. And I thought, have you heard yourself? Because she said things like people are going to starve to death. People are going to freeze in their homes. She's talking about, like, average Americans. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that's actually happening. But anyway... Like, I have self-awareness. I know I'm obnoxious. I know I'm loud. I know I talk too much. I know I tend to take over things on accident. On accident. I say this on accident. Sometimes in interviews, I just kind of I have to give me the wheel. <laughs> I do a podcast by myself. I have that kind of personality. Okay, last up before this goes way too long is one of my favorites. You don't know this, um, but when I'm working at home and he comes on, I always imitate him. I imitate him every single time. And I suspect that he, like everybody else's favorite, Carrie Lake has had classes in how to speak, okay? Because that's my Carrie Lake, if you don't know. That's how she talks. And this is my Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, I suspect, has had classes in how to speak because he sounds kind of, well, inauthentic. He's got that really low register, and I don't think that that's his natural placement of his voice. And then the way he phrases things seems a bit suspect. He sounds like a voiceover cartoon voice, but hey, he's Vivek Ramaswamy. So this is uh, Fox. This is how weird of a week it was last week. This is how off the rails it went and why I revisited some of the indictment is it just got completely random. It got com the second half of the week was just like, what are we even doing? I don't even know what we're doing. I, you know, they, again, that country song was one of the top five topics. That's how strange it was. So this is Fox and Friends basically praising Vivek Ramaswamy. I suspect they were trying to get to Trump to goad him into do the debate. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. I have no proof of this. 
just a gut feeling. Here we go. Donald Trump will have to keep th these numbers up as candidates like Vivek, Ramshwamy. There's a lot of interesting things in this new polling. No surprise here now that Trump remains the runaway front runner. However, you go a little deeper in the numbers, and guys, you got to wonder if there's a Ramaswamy revolution brewing with Let's Vivek go. Ramaswamy coming to life as a potential GOP breakout star, more than doubling his position. You see, he climbed six points to 11 percent. No indication. Hey, uh, Griff, I don't know if you have those numbers in front of you, but do you know how close Ramaswamy uh, needs to get to Trump before he gets a nickname? Do you know? <laughs> I mean, if this continues to happen, uh, he will a get a nickname. could be vice president. Uh, maybe. I you don't. look, Ramaswamy is really starting to come to life. And you know, when he was, uh, uh, Vivek was on our show uh, last week, week before, and he did a little rapping. He said, you know, my name's Vivek. I, it rhymes with cake. So maybe that's his nickname. Yeah. And cake man. When you asked know, about, because we've been talking about Vivek Ramaswamy and his popularity recently, uh, when asked, who do you prefer your choice for president if you had to vote right now, Joe Biden versus Vivek Ramaswamy? And out of all of the voters, 42% said Biden. And 38% said Vivek. So that's right. pretty close. But Ainsley, look at the bottom number. And those are the that's, people who. I was going to say that. Yes. Those are the people who picked the president. Among independents, if they were voting right now, 30% would take Vivek over Democrat. Joe and that's Biden. the number you really have to look at because all the Democrats, of course, are going to choose Joe Biden. Look at that number. The Republicans are going to choose right. Vivek. The independents who really could go either way, the majority of them want Vivek Ramaswamy. You know what's so interesting, because too? Because the way he's so brilliant, he's, you know, Ivy League educated. And I just I just want to point out that um, that Ivy League educated line at the end there, that always cracks me up because if a conservative... Uh, likes you and wants to promote you, then it's a good thing that you have an Ivy League education. It's, I'll do Carrie Lake to, to demonstrate. It's, well, he has an Ivy League education, so he ought to know. I'm Carrie Lake, and you're a liar. Okay, so here's Carrie Lake saying this about a liberal. We'll make that liberal a woman. <laughs> well, she's Ivy League educated, <laughs> which means she's a liar. There you go. You know how they do. If you're a liberal and you have an elite education, then you're an elitist. But if you're conservative and you have an elite education, well, you're just smart. So change in tone. This is the stories Fox News ignored. It's not that bad this week. Um, every week I compare the hours I watched on Fox News with five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Here we go. Northern India was hit with record-breaking monsoon rains, causing the death of at least 100 people in the past two weeks. An airstrike in Ethiopia killed at least 26 people and injured 55. It is the worst crisis since the end of the civil conflict in the northern Tigray region. Six white former police officers in Mississippi pleaded guilty to state charges for brutally torturing and abusing two black men. PBS produced an extended interview with the conservative Judge J. Michael Ludig. Ludig spoke at length about how he thought former President Donald J. Trump has corroded and corrupted American democracy. Ludig was a prominent witness during the United States House Select Committee on the January 6th attack. Clarence Avant, who is known as the godfather of black entertainment, died at the age of 92. Avant, who started his career as a music producer, worked behind the scenes to boost the careers of many who became superstars in music, sports, and politics. A small Kansas newspaper, the Marion County Record, and the home of its publisher were raided by police who claimed they were searching for evidence they think was illegally obtained. Officers also seized the personal cell phone and computer tower of a reporter who was investigating the police chief. Joan Meyer, 98, the co-owner of the paper, died soon after the raid on her home. A prosecutor in Kansas said the police should return items taken during the raid. That story is fascinating and very alarming. Everyone should read about it. New developments in the Ukraine war. In Ukraine, the western region of Liv and the northwestern region of Volan were bombarded with Russian airstrikes. Although some missiles were shot down, a few hit civilian targets, including a kindergarten playground. In Russia, the central bank raised interest rates to 12% as its currency, the ruble, has dramatically dropped in value. Russians shot down Ukrainian drones over Moscow.
An explosion at a gas station in Russia left 35 dead and dozens injured. It's unknown if the explosion was related to the war in Ukraine. The U.S. approved a plan that would allow Denmark and Netherlands to donate up to 61 F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. A Libyan militia leader, Mohamed Hazma, whose detention sparked violent clashes that resulted in the death of 55 people, was released from custody. North Korea released a statement about Travis King, the U.S. soldier who walked into North Korean territory during a tourist visit to the demilitarized zone, saying he did so after being disillusioned at the inequality of American society. Nobody's sure if that's actually what he said. Deja Taylor, the mother of a six-year-old who shot his first grade teacher, pleaded guilty to a state charge of felony child neglect. The United States and Iran have reached an agreement on the release of five imprisoned Americans in exchange for jailed Iranians and access to $6 billion in oil revenue. Paul Whelan, an American citizen wrongfully imprisoned in Russia, spoke to Secretary of State Antony Blinken last week. Whelan has been detained in Russia since 2018. Blinken was able to tell Whelan that the U.S. remains committed to his release. Now, I mentioned that one specifically because Fox has put a lot of wait on that whenever they politically want to use it against Biden. They completely ignored this story. You'd think that they would have reported it on it. They did not. A federal appeals court ruled that misopristone, a medication used for early term abortions, should remain available with strict restrictions on its use. Sam Mealy, a former fundraiser for George Santos, has been charged with wire fraud and identity theft. The IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, said that Japan's plan to release treated water from the Fukushima nuclear power station into the sea is consistent with its standards. Local fishermen are frustrated by the decision, fearing it will destroy any attempts to restore fishing in the area. PBS featured a segment about the Boston Renegades, a professional women's tackle football team that dominates the league. That was fun. In Pakistan, authorities have arrested 129 Muslims following mob attacks on Christian homes and churches. Christians make up only 2% of the population. President Biden held a summit at Camp David with leaders from Japan and South Korea. The two countries have had an uneasy relations for decades, but are seeking to solidify their alliance against Chinese aggressions. An emergency order was issued in northwestern Canada as wildfires threatened the city of Yellowknife. Residents of the area evacuated ahead of the government's deadline. Canada has had a record number of wildfires this year, with 5,700 across the country. A boat carrying 101 migrants from Senegal capsized off Cape Verde. 38 were rescued, with over 60 feared dead. Last week marks the 10th anniversary of a massacre in Egypt, where over 600 people were killed when security forces dispersed a sit-in protest in Cairo. The civilians had gathered to protest the removal of the de democratically elected President Mohamed Morsi. More than 26,000 people evacuated the Spanish island of Tenerife as wildfires raged out of controls. Rosalind Carter, the wife of former, former President Jimmy Carter, celebrated her 96th birthday. The White House is working on a pact between Israel and Saudi Arabia. The two countries would need to agree on the territorial rights of Palestinians, nuclear enrichment, and weapon sales. PBS produced a segment that featured Tammy Patrick of the National Association of Elected Officials to discuss continued threats of violence that civil servants have faced since former President Donald J. Trump made false claims about the 2020 presidential election. And very quickly, by the numbers, I don't want to take too long on this one, the charts that I come up with every single week, top five topics for Fox News was Trump, fourth indictment at 29%, Hunter Biden, 11%, Biden bashing, 9%, crime increasing, 5%, and 3% was that country song, Richmond of North of Richmond. Now, that takes a lot to make 3%, believe it or not, because it's a lot of hours. PBS NewsHour top five topics uh, for last week were artist profile, which is a staple, 8%. 7% Trump fourth indictment, Hawaii wildfires. And again, the stories were about what was actually happening in Hawaii. They weren't about climate change not being a thing, and they weren't about Biden, unlike Fox, was 6%. 5% was the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, which was also covered on Fox. And 5% was the Camp David summit between Japan and South Korea. What, that is actually a huge story 
Fox didn't even mention it. Now, not the shows I watched. Words used on Fox last week were Trump at 580. And again, that was more hours. That was 22 hours. Biden, 569, right under Trump there. Indictment, 293. Hunter, 200. Crime, 124. Hawaii, 94. Inflation, 48. Hillary Clinton, 48. Chinese and China, only 37. DeSantis, 29. Obama, 27. Border, 24. Vivek Ramaswamy, 19. Rich Man of North of Richmond, 16 times. The term lawfare, eight times. RFK Jr., seven times. Bill Clinton, five times, because why not? Bring up Bill Clinton. AOC, one time. That's it. I will be going to Philadelphia for a journalist convention next week. I leave Wednesday. Tomorrow probably won't be posting anything because I'm going to have to pack up some of my equipment because I plan to do a podcast from my hotel room in Philly um, about the uh, GOP Republican debate from Fox. I have to cover that. I can't let you guys down. So um, I don't know yet if my normal weekly newsletter is going to be happening due to my schedule next week. I'm going to try my best. I probably won't post anything on Twitter because that takes up a lot of time. Um, I'm just going to grab what I can and do what I can uh, to keep the schedule going because I don't like skipping a week because it makes me like two weeks off. It's weird. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you'd like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News. Go to my Patreon at Decoding Fox News. Um, you can also, there's a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter, or you could just share the podcast or share the newsletter with a friend and tell them, hey, I really like this gal. I think she's funny. Love her content. Give me a great review on any place that you can give me a review. And that's it. Thank you so much. I will see you at the next podcast. Odin and Thor, the podcast mascots, send their love. Hey, hey.